This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 54. Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts. Love them or not, you're stuck with them. Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and it is time for Quest for Truth. Actually, it is Quest for Truth, but it's time for Truth Exposed. And I will be joined momentarily in the studio by our usual cast of characters. Our, our co-host, Nathan Caldwell, will bring some remarks, as will our most favored, uh, long-deceased radio Bible commentator uh, and teacher, Jay Vernon McGee, uh, through the magic of podcasting and recorded messages that have survived all these years. And he, his ministry still is going strong. Look up through the Bible ministries. That is ttb.org. And uh, listen to what's happening now with uh, spreading his teachings across the podcast waves. But for now, let's turn to um, a quick word from some other uh, excellent podcasters on the Christian podcast community. And you'll hear some voices that sound a lot like these right here. How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world. You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Hello everyone, Daniel Minnick here. I host a podcast called Truth Espresso, and I am inviting you to join in. So what can you expect at Truth Espresso? Well, at Truth Espresso, we wake up our minds every Monday with a robust shot of truth. Let's dig deep in the Word of God as we get to know our God better together. Let's challenge our view of the world as we take apart conventional politics with a fine-toothed comb. See all that Truth Espresso has to offer by going to www.truthespresso.com. And by the way, Truth Espresso is now a member podcast of the growing family of the Christian podcast community. Check out other faith-building shows at christianpodcastcommunity.org, hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries. Castle Rock Women's Health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of Castle Rock, Colorado and the surrounding areas. Castle Rock Women's Health offers well-women care, prenatal care, 
extended postpartum care, licensed clinical Christian counseling, fertility awareness, hormone therapy, childbirth classes, STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office. Please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH. That's givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. Main topic. Verse 22. We kind of hit a... uh, a bit of a bump in the road here. Verse 22 says, Judas says unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? What he's saying here is, Lord, this is wonderful to be here and hear you say these things, but have you forgotten the world? This is the first missionary, by the way. I think it's J. Vernon McGee that points out that this particular, this is this is the only place he's mentioned this Judas, not Iscariot. <laughs> I, I, I also believe it's he who points out that he might be the disciple of Bartholomew because of the way uh, different gospels list the apostles. So very likely, it could be that guy, Bartholomew. But regardless of who this uh, Judas is, this was a profound question. Uh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Why are we different? Why, why are we believers different from the world? Uh, isn't this a, a concrete thing where uh, what's good for one is good for all? I think that's the Pentecostal teaching, uh, which is not necessarily true. Uh, uh, but it's, you know, like math, you know, one, one is two, no matter where you go in the world, right? Why is it that this works for us, but not them? Why do we know who you are and the world does not? Who They don't know. What's the condition, the qualification? What is it that makes believers special? And well, Jesus repeats himself and tells him. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, what the Lord Jesus says to him is this, in the rest of this chapter. He says, Judas, I haven't forgotten the world. I'm thinking of the world. The reason that I've called you apostles in here and have given you this truth is that you might take it to the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm thinking of the world. I haven't forgotten the world. But this is the only way that this can be gotten out and out of the world is through you. And John was there in the upper room. And see, he's given us all of this. A couple things to unpack. Uh, it's 
all contained in that love relationship that draws us to keep his commands when the Holy Spirit strikes that chord in your heart and and you have that aha uh, wake up movement you re, you re, uh, can't say the word regenerated you're saved you've been born again uh, when uh, that relationship happens and it draws you to these commands that formerly you hated you didn't want to do but now it's like wow obedience to these commands becomes the tangible thing that says we do love him and people can see that and we can see it in ourselves uh, again here jesus states this resulting benefit that the father will love him the father loves believers because they get it they respond they understand uh, who messiah is and uh, and we know that because of the guidance uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Father and Jesus both will come to him. So, I'll put this way. The Father and Jesus will come to me. Why me? What did I do uh, to deserve that? Uh, because of the Holy Spirit. Now you put your name in there. You, you say me when, when that phrase is said there. Uh, the Father and Jesus will come to you. Insert name there. Uh, the divine unity, you know, Godhead, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, will all abide together with men. Now again, put your name there. The divine will all abide with me. <laughs> oh, wow. What, uh, what is it that lets me be in the presence of God? It's because we obey the commands of Jesus, because the Holy Spirit draws us to do that because the Holy Spirit planted that seed of faith in our hearts to understand that, and we let it grow. A lot of deep stuff there. Now let's go on. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So he says, you know, a person that doesn't love me isn't going to do what I say. Uh, he's not going to follow me. Uh, you're not going to get closer to God by disobeying him. I mean, that's just obvious. Also, if you do not know Christ, then you won't hear his words. Uh, you won't understand him a lot of times even, unless the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin and, and you know, you're born again, you're saved. Uh, there's a, a lot of layers. Relationships have layers to it. Uh, the world hears the same words that Jesus believers do. Uh, the world hears this. You turn on the radio. Hey, there's the uh, Miller Graham talking. Well, he's not you know, diseased now, but we'll say he's still alive. <laughs> or J. Vernon McGee, yeah. Turn on the radio, and there's J. Vernon McGee talking to you. Well, the non believer hears that, and you hear that, but the difference is the world don't believe. They don't love Jesus, and they don't obey his commands. But the Holy Spirit has struck that chord in your heart, and, and you're like, I, how could I say no? I do love Jesus, and I will keep his commands. And the more you do that is a demonstration that others can see to let them know that Jesus is in your life. Uh, some may downplay, and 
the world, the authority of Jesus. Uh, it's easy for the world to uh, ignore, deny, disobey somebody who's loving pushover. Maybe Jesus, Jesus loves everybody. Surely Jesus won't let anybody go to hell. You know, it's all about love, 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 love. Love your neighbor. Come on, you Christians, don't be so hateful. It's easy to ignore, deny, or disobey that. Here's our example. Mom and dad say, you got a curfew. You've got to be back home by 10 o'clock. And the teenager says, oh, I'm not going to do it. And they come in at 1130. Well, they might get jumped on and chewed out, but their mom and dad still loves them. And, hey, they might even be soft, love me all the time, and they let them off the hook. But let's say um, the government has a rule that says uh, you, can't, you can't cross this line. And you do because, oh, lovey-dovey, people love me all the time. Well, the government says, no, no, no. Go sit in that steel room over there for the next three years. Um, <laughs> you can't push over that. You can't ignore that. You can't deny that. Jesus is not a pushover, hippie guy. He can be. The commands that Jesus gives to the world are not from him alone. It's, it's like, you know, let's say, going back to mom and dad and, and the teenage kid, and let's say little sister says, oh, hey there, brother, you know mom says you got to be back uh, before 10. Well, the teenage kid nor little sister, but the little sister says, you know, it's not my rule. It's mom and dad's rule. She's just expressing what mom and dad said. She's trying to warn the brother to, um, you don't want to do that. You want to need to behave. Uh, and Jesus is doing the same thing. He's like, look, uh, I'm not the authority that originated this. this. These rules come from God. I'm just here to let you know that uh, you can follow me and we'll be ha uh, having you in the kingdom or you can disobey me and there's the wrath of God sitting right over there. <laughs> uh, countless times, countless times in the book of John alone, Jesus expressly states that he only does what the Father shows him to do. He only says what the things the Father tells him to say. He only, um, he, he does anything unless the Father tells him to. Uh, he taught that the commands that he follows are the commands that God himself, God the Father himself, set forth. And again, there's a relationship layer. You know, even though Jesus and God, are, the Father, are one, there's still a relationship uh, layer, a realm of duty, uh, you know, of uh, leadership and sonship and the Holy Spirit is there too to help inspire and guide and lead. Uh, but here's the thing is even those old stodgy Old Testament laws in the, the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5 uh, Jesus says not a jot or tittle will pass away until heaven and earth pass away a jot and tittle is like a period in a comma or like when you cross your T, or the little serif at the tops and bottoms of letters, that's that would be a jot or tittle, a tiny little mark. Not the tiniest little mark in the law will pass away, but and, and it's still valid today. The law is still in effect now. 
the reason why it seems like there's an Old Testament wrathful God and a New Testament loving God is because of Jesus. Because Jesus came to be the person to stand between us and God's wrath. Uh, he came to fulfill the law, not abolish the law. Whew, a lot there. Uh, verse 25. Anyway, verse 25 says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. And this is a good place to pick up because uh, it starts a new train of thought here. He's talking about the teachings he's taught so far about obedience. Um, and in this brief discourse in the whole chapter, he really has not taught his disciples anything new. Uh, it's the type of thing that he is continuously taught his entire time with them, his entire ministry, which of course is only hours away from ending on earth. Um, in verse 26, But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, told you, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. You know, that's one thing the Holy Spirit does. Now, nowadays, it's not what Jesus said to us personally. But what the Bible says to us, I believe the Holy Spirit can bring to remembrance what the Holy Spirit said unto us. So, Jesus, again, assures his disciples. He is constantly assuring them. Uh, although he needs to leave them in bodily form, literally uh, hours away from now, going through lots of turmoil, they will be given the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will teach them uh, in the, into the future. Uh, a Spirit that will lead, guide, illumine, call to remembrance the things that he did while he had his time with them. You know, they, they experience Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is the one who, you know, strikes that brain cell with the memory in it and says, hey, I remember this day with Jesus. It was awesome. He said this, we did that. Uh, and even now, even though we haven't uh, seen Jesus face-to-face -face or sat at his feet for a teaching, we, in a sense, have because of what Scripture has recorded and because the Holy Spirit inspires our minds as he leads and guides us through those teachings. Uh, now, verse 27. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. This is the glorious, wonderful peace that comes to the heart of those that are fully yielded to the Lord Jesus. And therefore those, because he says, if ye loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And okay, let's pause right there. Jesus wanted to leave them with peace, not the turmoil uncertainty as orphans refer back to, I forget which verse it was earlier on, we uh, studied earlier, because uh, orphans are some of the most unprotected and vulnerable of all society, even today, if you think about it. Uh, but not just any kind of peace, his peace. What's the difference between his peace and some other peace? Well, the peace of the world would be temporary 
it may have strings attached, it may have lesser quality, but Jesus did not want their heart to be troubled at all. Even though troubled times were coming and coming fast, he, it doesn't mean you won't have fear uh, and turmoil in your heart, but you can have peace through it. Uh, he, and he's just trying to prepare their mind. Not want to say you can have troubled times. There's a famous painting of uh, a king commissioned an, uh, an artist to uh, paint a picture that represented, uh, you know, the, the peace, the peace of Christ, the peace of Jesus. And he painted this huge picture of a raging storm, storm clouds and thunder and lightning and rain beating down on trees and blowing them around. And it, it was just a big picture of turmoil and chaos and nature at its destructive worst. And the king looked at it and he's like, "What's how is this peace? And the artist pointed out a small cleft in the rock. And in that cleft of the rock was a bird sitting on a nest, sheltered and peace from all the raging storm around it. And that's the kind of peace Jesus leaves with us the kind of peace that we, even if it's a small little place to get away, a little hideaway, a little bit of shelter, while the whole world goes cattywampus, <laughs> we don't have to be out there in it, but we have a sanctuary that we can go. Uh, in this case, a spiritual sanctuary. Uh, verse 28. You have heard how I said unto you, go, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now, earlier, the disciples had been troubled when Jesus told them he is going away and they can't follow, and that would be trouble. Uh, they would indeed dis experience troubling horrible, stressful moments before Jesus came back to them. But he assured them that if you knew the outcome, you would be overjoyed. Uh, he uh, had to pay the price for sin. And being a witness to that, uh, seeing him experience God's wrath, was probably, probably the most troubling thing imaginable to see uh, that kind of uh, distress. Uh, but without that distress, nobody would be able to experience the joy of being with Christ forever. Uh, you know, on a small scale, when you a woman's giving birth, uh, well, that big old baby has to get out of that body through a not-so-big opening. It is distressful. It, I, I can't validate or, or, or vouch for the, the pain, but uh, there is a amount of labor and there is a amount of pain. And I'm sure uh, the woman is probably thinking, oh, am I going to do this? This is going to be, uh, it's going to hurt. <laughs> but when it's done, it's the joy at the end when you hold that baby in your arms. You forget all that this happened. Uh, and it's, Jesus is saying, it's going to be the same way. It's going to look bad. It's going to look like it can't be done. It's going to look like the end of the world. But in a short time, on the other side, uh, you'll, you'll understand. There'll be peace that you can't understand. Uh, 
Uh, verse 29. And now I have told you before, it come to pass, when it has come to pass, you might believe. So, you know the ascension was coming and Jesus is just telling them ahead of time so that when they see it, they're like, oh, Jesus said this was going to happen. And I, I, it's just more, more evidence that Jesus is who he said he was or who he said he is. And just like the old days of prophets, the prophets had a sign. God gave them a sign, a prediction, a miracle. And when that sign happened, it was your proof that this guy is for real, and he really does have the Word of God. And Jesus is saying, this is your sign. I'm telling you now, so you can believe me later. Um, no, he just didn't want... Uh, the horror or shock of his crucifixion. He knew it was coming. He didn't want to shake their faith. Uh, verse 30. Uh, verse 30 says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. So, time is short. The rule of this world, of course, is Satan, is about to have his day. It's coming. Uh, there will be no room for forgiveness for Satan or his uh, fallen angels when it comes to the kingdom of Christ. Now, some people think, yeah, but don't you think, you know, universalist, uh, everybody gets to heaven eventually, you know, maybe, you know, purgatory, you eventually, you know, pay penance enough to get there. Well, here's the thing is Jesus says Satan has no place in his kingdom. There's no recourse for any of those spiritual beings. They have no uh, hope. They have no place. It says there is no place for him. Uh, and he, Christ means that. So, But we're talking about human spirits. Well, it, this is to me, it's the same thing. Is Once you leave this physical realm, there's no recourse. There is no second chance plan. All of your second chances happen before the day your heart stops and your brain stops and your body falls to the grave. That's when your second chances end. Uh, but um, verse 31 but but that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment even so I do arise let us go hence now he says he's not going to talk very much more with them and he didn't but that the prince of this world was coming he'd have another siege with Satan and I believe that took place in the garden of Gethsemane and then he'd go to the cross for the sins of the world, and the Holy Spirit would come into the world. And I trust even right now that he's making the Lord Jesus real to each one of you. Oh, something just to realize real quick as I close. The Holy Spirit works with the saved constantly, but with the lost, it is sticking to the best I can tell, sticking to uh, convicting of the sin uh, so that they know they're lost and in need of a Savior. And thus then drawing them to Christ. For a saved person, it's a different kind of thing. Yes, it tries to get us in closer fellowship with Christ. And I said, He. Never call the Holy Spirit it. It's He. He, um, something I learned a long time ago, and apparently, even though I know it, sometimes uh, 
that that problem still occurs. But the point is, the Holy Spirit draws us closer to God. As a lost person, it draws us to God. As a saved person, as a person who trusts Christ, it draws us into closer fellowship with God by reminding us of what the Word of God says, maybe even reminding us to read the Word of God. And thus we do what God desires of us, or at least we try. <laughs> and that's what I have. Well, at any rate, it was time to move on from this upper room, because I'm pretty sure we're still in the upper room here, and head on out. It would soon be uh, heading towards the Garden of Gethsemane. But before we get there, there are more private teachings of Jesus to come. Attention, this is a coded report nationwide. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. What does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Confusion or faulty beliefs on this point will result in nothing more than pain and relational carnage. Christians must submit their understanding of love to God's revealed word. Love is not a feeling. Love is not tolerance or acceptance or ambivalence. Love is not merely romance. Love is a universe-altering choice to want and work toward God's best interest for the people in our lives, whether they want it or not, because that's how God loves us. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry. Can you answer the following questions for your children or for the person to whom you are witnessing? Number one, is the New Testament reliable? Two, can you explain the Trinity to me? Three, how is Jesus both God and man? And a slew of other questions you will be able to answer if you get Andrew Rappaport's new book, What Do We Believe? It will help you a ton. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com, whatdowebelievebook.com. All right, and I guess I didn't open up with the saying that uh, our passage today will be an expository message. <laughs> I'll, I bet you figured that out, don't you? Yeah. On the John uh, chapter 14, verses 22 through 31. Uh, well, hey, next time we'll be digging into a new chapter. It will be an interesting one. I may have some new uh, resources, some new uh, things to reference. I'll put it that way. 
uh, at least for this chapter. I don't know if you can do it for others. Uh, anyway, with that, uh, I have some high expectations. I put your hopes up. I hope I can meet him. I don't know. Maybe I can. Uh, but then stay tuned. We will have uh, some more questing for truth happening for the rest of the month as we uh, just turn to with our day-to-day grind. I hope that you have learned something out of these passages, you know, being some of God's special people and why you're different from the world if you're a believer. And with all that, uh, I don't have a lot else to say, so this is your host, Keith, saying, signing off. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend about us. And uh, when you're out there on the interwebs, uh, leave us a rating, a review, a comment, an email, a voicemail. Uh, and here is our voice of the podcast, Anthony Russo, to tell you how to find us and do all such things as that. Take it away, Anthony. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music on the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.